Good evening and welcome to the Overtime Heroics Baseball Podcast, Cheap Seats Chatter. I'm today's host, Matthias Altman-Kurosaki. With me, as always, we have Ryan Splashpot and Alex Clark. Gentlemen, first things first, as always, how are we doing first day of April? How are we doing on this Friday evening? I am pumped that we are in the same month that baseball will be played, like real baseball. Like I get to watch, you know, Ozzy Albies, Ozzy, Matt Olson, and co at Truist Park. Obviously not in person, but MLB TV is back. I set up my uh, stream finder on baseball reference, one of the best tools ever. And they're not even paying me to say that. Um, so I, I set up my fantasy guys in there. So, you know, when when things are happening and Kyle Tucker comes to the plate with two men on and two outs in the bottom of the ninth, my stream is switching over to watch him hit a three-run dinger, carry my fantasy team, and have the Astros beat a team in the AL West, other than the Mariners, of course, because the Mariners will go 162 and out. If you did not say that, I was about to just make you a huge shell for that one. <laughs> splash. Um, no, uh, I'm sad. I don't like baseball anymore. April Fool's Day. Ha <laughs> ha. Jokes, jokes. No, I'm, me, I'm, I'm excited for <laughs> I'm, I'm just so excited for baseball to be back. And the fact that I'm going to be going to open day and day after opening day because I got good deals. And uh, no, I'm really happy that baseball is back. I'm really glad that we're finally getting to the point now where we can make predictions and they actually kind of matter. They actually have a little bit of sense because I know that everyone makes their way too early predictions. But the fact that, you know, we're getting closer to the season means that we can do it and that we can actually see it with a little bit of scrutiny to it. Yeah, you know, it's it's going to be a wild season, I think. Uh, also, today is my last broadcast with Overtime Heroics, in case you didn't know. Uh, I, I posted earlier that I am dropping out of journalism and uh, I will no longer be with Overtime Heroics. Um, in other news, I am also trying to get a PhD in chemistry. Uh, thank you. I'll be here all week for that. Um, in other news, uh, grass is blue. I am a marathon runner and splash, and I do not like MLB Power Pros 2008. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Alex. <laughs> uh, honestly, though, I'm doing fine. I mean, it's, you know, it. it you know, another month coming uh, means an, I'm another month closer to uh, graduating uh, with my master's degree. So we're getting there. And yes, baseball is here. It's my birthday month. You know, it's I. this is my favorite month of the year, April. I mean, for me, opening day is like Christmas. So I'm certainly excited. And I'm excited for today's episode because today we are we have our long awaited MLB standings predictions episode. We're going to go through all six predictions and we will give you our playoff picture too. So this is, I'm always interested in what you guys have to say. So I say we get right into it. And the first division we will talk about is the one I think will be the most competitive. That is the American league East. It seems like every team except for the Orioles was super active this off season. Guys, what do you see going on in the AL East this year? So with the sixth playoff team in both leagues, there's a chance, there's a chance that all four of the real teams that matter in the American League East make the playoffs. But I don't know if this is a hot take, but I only have two of them making the playoffs. And I think we will have a rare playoff without the Boston Red Sox, without the New York Yankees. And I think it's finally time for 
those Northerners to take control of the American League East with an electric lineup. They bring in Donald, or not Donaldson. They bring in Chapman at third. I know they lost Simeon, but who cares? They have a bunch of other guys to fill in that role. And then the rotation. Yes, you lose Robbie Ray, but you bring in Kevin Gosman, who's been unreal the last couple of years with the Giants. You bring in uh, one of Alex's favorite players ever, maybe, I don't know, Al- or, uh, Yusei Kikuchi from Seattle. Excellent moves all around. Jose Barrios will have a full season. I have Toronto winning 95 games and capturing the American League East crown. The fact that you even remotely say that Kikuchi is one of my favorite players just puts a sour taste in my mouth there, Splash, and I'm going to need to ask you to please stop with your foolishness. But um, here's my thing right now, and I I think I agree with you that I think that the uh, Blue Jays are going to win the division. I think it really is their time. They've made some amazing moves. I don't think that Kikuchi was a good move for them. I think they spent a lot of money on a pitcher that I think is going to struggle with this team. I know that there are some metrics that'll say that he'll be fine, but as of watching him for the last few years, I've seen times where he will be on fire. There are times where he will be absolutely fantastic, but then he'll go on a streak of just not being able to make it out of the second inning. So when it comes to that, I don't, I think right now they signed a, as a pretty big contract for fourth to fifth starter. And I don't think that's a smarter move they could have done. Yes, they made some amazing moves. Again, getting getting Chapman, being able to move around other players within their lineup, and again, getting, like you said, Gaussman. I do think they're going to win the division, but I also think the Red Sox are going to give them a lot of competition for that position. So it's going to be close. I do think, though, that Toronto pulls it out. You know, I'm going to echo your guys' sentiments. I mean, I think – if you're looking at the off seasons, these teams had like the Rays were, you know, it's, it was a typical Rays off season. You know, they weren't really spending. There's rumors that they're going to trade Austin Meadows, but I mean, it's the Rays. They find ways to compete ever since they eliminated the devil in their name and became just the Rays. It feels like they're a contender almost every year. So I think the Rays, you know, the Rays are looking fine. The Yankees, the Yankees are the team that bother me in this division. They, on paper, should have the talent to be better than everyone else in the division. But you see them underperforming. And they underperformed. I don't know if I'd say they underperformed last year, but I had them winning the AL East. And they just, their offense was middling. Outside of Garrett Cole, their pitching really wasn't that good. You know, you had Corey Kluber get injured, which doesn't help, which, by the way, Corey Kluber is on the Rays now. So I definitely expect big things once again out of the two-time Cy Young Award winner. I mean, the Yankees were just middling. Then you have the Red Sox. The Red Sox are, you know, they, they are, I mean, they, they surprised us last year. Although last year I was saying the whole time, like, do not sleep on Boston ever. So I have, you know, I think the Red Sox are going to be dangerous again. They're a relatively young team. Plus you add Trevor Story. And I understand I was not a fan of trading Hunter Renfro, but I think Jackie Bradley Jr. back in Boston could work out. And obviously some of this hinges on the health of Chris Sale. I, I mean, the Red Sox were good, had a good off season too. And then there's the Blue Jays who I think, you know, obviously it hurts to lose Marcus Simeon. It hurts to lose Robbie Ray, but, the fact that they went out, they got 
they got Kevin Gossman. They got Matt Chapman, who, like I said last episode, the last time the A's got or the, the Blue Jays got a third baseman from the A's, it was Josh Donaldson who ended up winning the AL MVP. So there's that. Plus, I mean, Kikuchi, that's the thing is that with the Mariners, Kikuchi was relied on to be a front-end starter. And with the Blue Jays, he will be a back-end starter. For a back-end starter, you say Kikuchi is not bad. So I like that a lot. I think I'm going to go with you guys and say that Toronto will win the AL East. They were my pick to win the AL pennant last year, even as a wild-card team. And really, I thought they were the best team in the AL East last year. They just got snake-bitten. So uh, I have my full order of uh, standings for the AL East. What do you, what's your guys' order? So I have, <clears throat> I have Toronto winning the East. I have Tampa Bay earning one of the three wildcard spots. Boston in third, Yankees in fourth, and the Orioles a distant fifth place. Yeah, I mean, I'm not too far away from that. I have Blue Jays finishing in first. Then after that, I have the Rays second. Uh, not the Rays, excuse me, the Red Sox second. I have the Yankees finishing third, Rays fourth. I think they are good. They're going to find ways, but... Even then, I don't think it's I, – I don't know why. I'm, I'll always just kind of – I like, like not giving them the whole number one spot just so then they can really surprise me and take that away, making me look like an idiot, which is fine. Then you got 50 feet of crap, and then you have the Baltimore Orioles. So. Yeah, and I feel bad for the Orioles. That's the thing is that the Orioles are supposed to be on the upswing, you know. This never-ending rebuild is finally showing signs of life. You saw what Cedric Mullins did last year. You saw Ryan Mountcastle make strides. You know, they still have John Means. They have Grayson Rodriguez coming up through the system, who looks absolutely electric. They have Adley Rushman, too, Heston Kierstad. You know, the Orioles aren't even supposed to be that bad. It's just when you're in that division, they look like one of the worst teams in baseball. And I feel like that's an exaggeration because I really don't think the Orioles are as bad as their record shows. That's the thing. They lost 110 games, and then you look at who they had to face. They went one in 18 against the Rays who won 100 games. So, and yes, the, the Rays are the reigning division champions, but I mean, I can't pick against Toronto here. I had them, like I said, I had them winning the pennant last year. I don't expect them to not make the playoffs this year. So I'm going to go with, I have the Blue Jays winning it all, win, sorry, winning the division. So I'm going to go Blue Jays first, Rays second. I think the Rays are a wild card team. The Red Sox third, I think the Red Sox are also a wild card team. Then I go Yankees just missing out on the playoffs. And then, like you guys said, a very distant fifth, very distant fifth place for the Orioles. So, yeah, the, the AL East is going to be an absolute bloodbath. Any final thoughts on the AL East before we move on? I do want to make a quick note about, because um, I don't want to harp on this too long. Uh, Cause it doesn't really matter. I guess a whole lot. We were talking about Kikuchi being a back end starter that with Seattle, he was relied on to be a top end and just did not do well, which I think we can all agree at least a little bit on that. He had a good start of the year last year. And then after the all-star break just fell off. But here's my thing with it is that with you say Kikuchi, he got a $36 million three year deal that it equates out to about 12 million per year. In fact, though, it says in 2022 is getting 16 million per in 2022 and 10 million in the other two years. My thing is that if you're paying that much money for a back end starter, there needs to be enough 
worth worth it there in order to make me think okay you're still going to be a solid guy where i don't think he's going to live up to that contract but i think that's the last bit on it for that much money 16 million for kikuchi's i was scared to give him 14 million which was what his contract would have been if he decided to stay with seattle yeah, no, and that's the thing, though, is that I'm not expecting Kikuchi to be as good as he was in the first half last year, but his velocity did go up last year, and I understand his numbers did tail off after the spider tack ban, but I think, you know, when he's anchoring a staff led by Kevin Gosman and Kinjin Ryu, then you have Jose Barrios and Alec Manoa, I think Kikuchi will be fine, and worst comes to worst, he moves to the bullpen, maybe Nate Pearson gets a shot. I should also mention that Jordan Romano will be the closer this year for Toronto. And I think he's absolutely amazing. And I never actually know what the Rays are doing. Uh, they have a method to their madness though. And Shane Boz and Shane McClanahan and Drew Rasmussen, I think they're leading a very strong staff. So like I said, with the Red Sox, a lot of it will have to do with the health of their pitching staff. I and mean, they lost Erod this offseason, but really I trust them more than the Yankees, mainly because I think the Yankees have even more injury concerns outside of Garrett Cole. So, yeah, that, that's that's how the AL East is looking. Let's move on to the AL Central. And, well, I mean, the Central has also had a pretty big offseason. I'm specifically looking at the Minnesota Twins. They picked up Carlos Correa, and they have Sonny Gray now. They, they're, they are definitely looking to compete for the division, but they will have to contend with the defending champion, Chicago White Sox, who won the division by 13 games last year. Guys, the AL Central, I think they, they could there could be some, some shakeups there. Uh, how are we feeling about it? Uh, the correct word is, in fact, shakeup, because I don't have the White Sox winning the division. I also don't have the Twinkies winning the division. I don't have the Cleveland Ians winning the division or to their spring training facility. And, of course, the Kansas City Royals stink. So that leaves one Detroit Tigers, their big acquisition this offseason, Javi Baez, formerly of the Mets, formerly of the Cubs. They also added Eduardo Rodriguez of the Boston Red Sox. These two moves in tandem, which is weird to say as a shortstop and a starting pitcher, is a clear sign to me that Eduardo Rodriguez will be better this season. Why? In Boston, he, Eduardo Rodriguez had to deal with the two black holes of defense known as Rafael Devers and Xander Bogarts. I have been a critic of Mr. Bogarts on previous shows. So go listen to those. If you want me to dive into his horrendous defensive metrics, but the fact of the matter is that Detroit is a much easier ballpark to be a pitcher in and Detroit has a much better infield defense than Boston had. I think Eduardo Rodriguez will be a revelation for the Tigers. They paid him a lot of money, and I think he will live up to that. Tarek Skubal coming in, uh, nasty stuff. I think he will. He made a solid stride in 2021, crept back towards average. I think he will take a step above average and be one of the better pitchers of the American League. I might have some money on him to win the American League Cy Young as well. Also, Casey Mize. And then let's talk about the prospects. Riley Green, top five prospect in baseball. Spencer Torkelson, top five prospect in baseball. I don't know if they're going to start the season with the Tigers or if they're going to do some manipulation and they'll come up, you know, like the 21st or whatever. But it's an exciting team all around. Another year of Akil Badu, another year of Robbie Grossman, another year of Heimer Candelario. 
I'm really excited for this Tigers team, and I, I'm hammering the over 77 and a half. I think they might – they're going to flirt with 90 wins. So my thing with it is I like the Tigers too, but I don't have the winning division. Uh, I am still more a fan right now of the White Sox. I think the White Sox are still the premier team in the American League Central. The Twins, yeah, they made moves, but they still confuse me. There's still a lot of things I feel like the Twins need to do in order to try to keep up with that division. I think the Tigers have made some amazing moves. Like I said, I think that with the addition of uh, Rodriguez and with Baez, as well as the young players that are coming up with this team and the already established names on the team, it's really finally starting to show that that rebuild that was started years ago is really starting to take some good shape. But the amount of just pure talent that are on the White Sox right now, I think is just too strong for anyone else really to be the division leader on this one. I think they're going to take it. And I think what's going to be interesting though, this year truly is going to be who's going to take the last position in the American league central as I think the Royals and the guardians are going to be fighting it out to not be last in this division. It's going to be interesting. I don't know fully what's going to happen. But the only thing that I'm sure of is I think the White Sox is going to take it. You know, last year, I did not necessarily buy into the White Sox hype. I picked the Twins to win the Central last year, and I understand that aged very poorly due to, you know, various reasons, the injuries, just the poor play, the poor pitching. They traded Jose Barrios, but, you know, the Twins had a great offseason, I think. You know, getting Sonny Gray. And, you know, like I said, I was confused when they traded Josh Donaldson to the Yankees. But I think Gary Sanchez is actually going to bounce back in Minnesota. I think if he's working as a DH full time, I think that he'll be good. I think he can hit. I think Giro Shella, I think Giro Shella can bounce back, too. That's the thing. So the Twins definitely made strides. Obviously, Carlos Correa, he is one of the best shortstops in the game. The White Sox on paper have the most talent. And I'm not going to deny that. And also, they they are a very young team for the most part. Well, outside of their manager, obviously. <laughs> but, uh, you know, you look at the, the rest of the division, the Tigers are definitely making strides again. I just don't know if they're quite ready to win the division. I understand, Splash, you're thinking, you know, with them maybe being a year ahead, just like your Braves were in 2018. So, you know, I'm, I, I'm curious to see how the Twins do and how the Tigers do because – I mean, the, t- the Twins need to get a full year out of Byron Buxton. Like, it's – I've been waiting for this for so long, for Byron Buxton to play a full 162 games, put up like a 10 war or something. I mean, he had 4.1 war in 61 – or sorry, 4.5 war in 61 games last year. It's going to happen eventually. Maybe this year's the year. Uh, for now, though, I think the White Sox have to be the team to beat. You know, e- even if not everyone agrees with Tony LaRusa. And I understand Garrett Crochet is undergoing Tommy John surgery. That that team is too good to lose this division. So I'm going to go with the White Sox winning division. What's your guys' full order for this? So I have Detroit winning the division, Chicago one or two games back, taking a wild card spot, and may or may not get their revenge in one of the wild card rounds. Minnesota above 500, Buxton MVP. Uh, Cleveland below 500, Kansas City uh, right next to Baltimore in the cellar. For me overall, it's, again, different than that. I have the White Sox 
winning the division overall, followed then by the uh, Tigers, after that, followed by the Twins. Then I'm going to say that the Guardians are going to make the Guardians are going to make to make it happen over the Royals. The Royals are just going to fall completely flat. That's the thing, though, is I think. So I'm not saying the AL Central is that great of a division because I think there there definitely are weaknesses, but I think the Royals are in a tough spot, and so are the Guardians because the Royals are a young team, just like the Tigers, and I think that they are on the upswing in some ways. But then again, so are the top three teams in the division. You know, I think they they have a young team. You know, Brady Singer in that rotation with Zach Greinke, who's sort of the veteran leader of that team. I'm really glad he went back to Kansas City. Uh, so I have, you know, Brady Singer's going to keep making strides. I think Jackson Coar will keep improving. Eventually, you'll see Azel Lacey and Chris Bubich continue to grow. I think Lacey will be in the majors soon. And then you have the Guardians, who still have a ton of pitching talent. You know, Shane Bieber, Tristan McKenzie, Aaron Chivale. Cal Quantrill. I mean, the Indians pitching staff, I do not doubt at all, actually. Where I doubt them is that offense is bare. Outside of Jose Ramirez, I mean, they don't have much. So with that said, my finish for the division is the White Sox narrowly taking the division from the Twins. The Tigers improving, still getting third, though. The Guardians getting fourth, and the Royals rounding out the division. And I think the Royals are definitely going to improve in some aspects, but kind of like the Orioles, they're in a division where basically every other team is on the upswing. And so are they, it's just, they are, they're kind of buried. Uh, any other final thoughts on the AL central? Uh, I do want to throw it out there that if you are a betting man, Buxton is 40 to one to win the AL MVP. So, so you're saying put the house on it. Uh, maybe not the house, but like a car or like a, motorcycle or something well in that case i mean if you do I should that, let you know if, man. if you put the house on it just know that uh that bet will end up like uh buxton usually is and break so sorry i don't think it's gonna happen okay, he has look, the ability I, to be i MVP. have watched he has the ability. Man. listen he has the ability to be the mvp i completely agree he has the ability to be one of the best players of baseball baseball but can he stay healthy the answer is no he will stay healthy this. he will i want the man to stay uh, healthy i God. the entirety of my spring training experience this year is either watching christian pache strike out with oakland or watching buxton just hit dingers off the braves because like we've played the, the braves have played the twins like seven times it feels like and buxton had a homer and a home run robbery the last time and then today he had a moonshot three-run jack Listen, if we got everything that we wanted, then the Seattle Mariners would be 30 times World Series champions by now. But it's, I want Bucks to do good because he is such a good player, such a phenomenal player. That talent, that, that, excuse me, the composition of power, speed, contact, fielding ability, all of that makes for an MVP player. But, 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 but he has the composition of a wet tissue. And that's the problem. He keeps on breaking. So if you try to bet on him, man, I, I don't know, man. It's insane, really. I just want to say for the record, last year he played 61 games and had 4.5 war. 
Uh, not that he would play a full 162 or necessarily keep up that pace, but if you put 4.5 war in 61 games over an 162 game sample, you get almost 12 war. I just did the math. So, I mean, I hope Byron Buxton gets to stay healthy. And I think if the Twins can stay healthy this year, I mean, they could prove me wrong and just happen to win that division. So we'll see. We're going to move on to the AL West, which I think is another pretty interesting race. I know that, uh, Alex, you have major investment in this division. And it's, it's an exciting time to be a Mariners fan, I will say. It's going to be a battle all year long. Guys, uh, AL, AL West, I mean, how do you see this shaking out? So I know Houston lost Correa, and they've lost several pieces in the last few years. But one thing the Astros do is they retool. And um, yeah, it's nice to lose. It's, it's nice to have Carlos Correa, but they kind of have this guy. Uh, his name is Justin Tucker. He doesn't use batting gloves. He is going to be absolutely filthy this season. Uh, Slash, are, you, are you sure you're talking about the right sport? Justin Tucker plays football. And I'll take Kyle Tucker. Yeah, you said Justin yeah, Tucker. I said Justin Tucker. I know you're a Ravens fan, but like, come on. Okay, I swear I said Kyle Tucker. No, you harms as Justin. <laughs> uh, okay, wow. Okay, uh, Kyle Tucker just, is very good at baseball. Please continue. Okay, just cut that out. So having Carlos Correa is nice, but I think what's nicer is having a guy by the name of Kyle Tucker. I know I said Kyle that time. He's going to be a monster in right field. He is going to bring elite power, elite, great speed, great defense. Um, you throw in Michael Brantley in left, Jordan Alvarez at DH, Alex, Bred, Alex Bregman missed a lot of the season last year. He's going to bounce back. Um, you still have Jose Altuve. You still have a reigning AL batting title winner, Yuli Gurriel, also Gold Glover. Um, then you have a pitching staff, you know, you're bringing Verlander back, re-sign Verlander. You have the likes of Luis Garcia, Framber Valdez. Um, they apparently are moving Christian Javier to the bullpen, which uh, sucks for my fantasy team. Ryan Presley is one of the best in the business, but Kyle Tucker, remember the name, Kyle Tucker. Uh, I think he will finish as high as anyone in MVP race, um, at least for American League West teams. So I have the Astros taking the division again. So I okay yeah so the Astros are a very good baseball team. I think that yeah they lost Correa they did regain Verlander but it is an older Verlander. Kyle Tucker is going to emerge as one of the best players in baseball. Just the way that he hits the ball, the amount, the how aware he is when he plays defense, plus his natural athletic ability, is very good. They're a very good baseball team. The Angels are another team that I'm kind of worried about. Just because when they are healthy, they're kind of like, you know, they're kind of like Buxton. When they are healthy, they are a very good baseball team. When they're playing up to their potential, they're a very good baseball team. But there's so many ifs with Los Angeles. There's so many ifs. And that's kind of been their MO for the last, what, decade at this point? Is that they have a lot of good players, but it's a lot of projects, a lot of players that have done, you know, really well before, but have had, you know, maybe one or two good years and then just kind of buff out after that, or just keep getting injured. Then you have Texas that spent $500 million to finish fourth place. And then you have the A's that decided to say fire faster than you could say fire more than you would say at a gun range. So then you have Seattle. Seattle's made a lot of additions and they haven't really 
lost much. I mean, who they lose? Kikuchi? Seeger? Kyle Seeger? Kyle Seeger is definitely the biggest loss of the two. I will say 100%. But I'm looking at it, and Seattle has really added a lot of good pieces to the team. I think more than people are really giving them credit for, especially with the recent trade of getting Eugenio Suarez and Jesse Winker. And all they really ended up giving up was Dunn and a prospect and another uh, player, I forgot who. Um, I really don't want to jinx it. I really don't. Because this is the first time in a while that I can really say this with the utmost confidence. I've been predicting this since 2017, mind you. I've been predicting that this could be happening since 2017. I think Seattle is going to take the division. I know that's the homer pick. I know it is. But I'm looking at the facts here. Houston, I think, is going to have a bit of a down year after what they had last year. They've got a great player still. They've still have a plethora of talent. But... I think Seattle has added enough, especially with how well they did with last year's team and the fact they didn't really lose a whole ton of it and they've added a ton. You cannot say that not adding, it's like that adding a Cy Young Award winner and, and another all-star as well as a huge another huge power threat is not addition, is not adding to that team. So I'm going to make the pick and call me a homer if you'd like. I see Seattle winning the division, the AL West in 2022. Well, uh, okay. I, I, I see your thinking though, Alex. And, you know, you guys mentioned the angels for a second and the angels, man, I'm waiting for the day that Mike Trout and Shohei Otani get to play in the postseason together. And, you know, they will be getting Anthony Rendon back. Will Anthony Rendon be healthy? I don't know if he is healthy. He can still be good. Reminder, though, that he's getting paid $35 million per season, and you pay someone $35 million for more than that, unfortunately. I, I do think, though, he's a very good player and still super talented. I'm, I'm curious to see how that pans out. You know, the Astros losing Correa. I, you know, Jeremy Pena is a good prospect. It's just, I don't know. I don't know if he's able to be Carlos Correa. That's the thing. So. You know, I it's it's tough here. The Mariners had probably the best offseason of the, the division. The A's had the worst offseason. I mean, the A's, I don't know what to say. The A's were a contender last year, and they are trading their best players now, which I, I know they do this every time they're due for an extension or due to hit free agency soon. I'm just incredibly disappointed here because Matt Olson and Matt Chapman were arguably the best corner infield duo in baseball. So with that said, you know, and also I can't forget about the Rangers. The Rangers got Marcus Simeon, Corey Seager, and John Gray, but really I'm not sold on the Rangers yet. With that said, and I, I don't want to like, like Alex said, I don't want to jinx this at all, but I think all things considered looking at who had the best off season, I'm going with the Mariners when you AL West. And I'm not just saying that because, you know, the Mariners, I, like I've said in the past, I've had a soft, soft spot for the Mariners ever since I was a young kid. I, I'm picking the Mariners to win the division. I, I just I think the Astros without Correa and who knows what Lance McCullers and Justin Verlander are going to be like. There's just too many question marks for me to pick the Astros. So I have the Mariners winning the division. Uh, final, final division standings prediction. 
like division order. That's what I meant. Uh, so I have the Astros winning the AL West once again. I have Seattle coming in second, but grabbing a wild card spot so you can end the 21 year playoff drought. I have the Angels finishing around 500. Um, I have Texas uh, hitting the over on 73 and a half wins, maybe not too much over, although I am fascinated to see John Gray not at Coors Field. That's very exciting. Excited to watch Adoles Garcia. They brought in Cole Calhoun. They brought in Brad Miller. They made some nice additions. I don't think it necessarily translates this year, but they have some exciting pieces on the farm for the next couple of years. So 2023, let, let's bookmark the Rangers conversation for 2023 and Oakland. I, they don't have a over under right now. I am slamming the under if it's anything above like 60, like that this team is going to be atrocious. They will still want to trade Manaya. They still want to trade, uh, shoot, uh, Frankie Montas. Frankie Montas. Yeah. Uh, Ramon Laureano might get traded when he gets back from suspension. I forgot he existed for a little while, honestly, mm-hmm. but I, I, the Oakland, why? Why, why, why do you exist? Well, I mean, we know why they exist, but at the same time, like I'm with you that when you are competing like that, yes, you have to sign some of your guys to work out well, but, and they're going to just try money balling it again, which they've been doing it for the last, Oh, I don't know, 20 years. <laughs> and I also, I noticed I did this for a visual for an audio podcast, but I looked at my watch when I said 20 years, but yeah, my standings overall, I have Seattle winning the division. I have uh, Houston battling it out with them and winning a wild card spot. I have the Angels finishing third in the division, followed up by uh, Texas. Where, to be fair, they probably did have the best off season of any team. That Seattle also had a great off season, but I mean, an off season where you signed Corey Seager, John Gray, Marcus Simeon, kind of hard to say that was bad, right? Uh, so. Yeah, um, they still finished fourth, though. And then, uh, remember how I said it was Baltimore was the, they had the 50 feet of crap? Well, this was 200 feet of crap before the athletics. So I do want to point out before I give my prediction that last year, I, I'm going to throw a freezing cold takeout that was given. And Joe Bork, I, if you're listening, I'm a huge, I mean, I, I still love you, man, but. Joe Boric picked the Angels to win the AL pennant last year. I'm sorry, Joe, that did not come close to happening. And <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'll make I'm, sure I tell him if he doesn't watch. I make sure I'll make sure I tell him. I'm I'm so sorry, Joe. Um, but I have I'm an not. identical. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not <laughs> sorry, Joe. I love you, buddy, but I'm not sorry. So you make freezing I, cold takes, you get freezing cold opinions. Sorry. It's okay. His World Series winner was the Padres, who finished under 500. <laughs> um, I think I think we need to press F in the chat for my boy there, Joe, after those freezing cold oh, takes. I, that, I don't know what's colder, that or Dryer's ice cream, which is colder. I, I'm not sure, but uh, my standings predictions, I have the Mariners winning it all. Uh, I have the Astros winning or coming in second place but i do not have them making the playoffs actually so mariners astros angels rangers and a's and i i'm so sorry oakland fans i do not know what your team did this offseason i know splash you had a bit of a reaction to me saying the astros won't make the playoffs but i'm just being bold right here just because i'm saying this right now doesn't mean it'll actually happen (laughs) So, I mean, I think the Astros and Red Sox are really going to battle for um, for that wild card spot. So, 
Oh, wait, this is where I remember that there are six playoff teams. Change, take that back. The Astros are making the playoffs. The Astros will be the third wild card team. All right, does that make you happy, Splash? Yes, significantly better, although I still have the Astros winning the division. Okay, well, here's the problem. I don't care if you're happy, Splash, because you picked the Astros to win the division when the Mariners are winning the division. So I appreciate you, boss. It's like, it's like you know, I like you. I'm going to let you finish, but no. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, I'm really excited for the Mariners this year. I think they had an excellent offseason, and I think if there's a year to break through, it will be this year. All right, anyway, moving I, on. I, I want to say yeah. one thing on it. I want to say right. one thing on this. If there was a baby that was born on the last day that Seattle made the playoffs, on the last day, at the end of this season, that baby would be old enough to drink. That is depression right there, which at that point would make sense considering the fact of how long that, what era that baby now would have lived through. But I just want to throw that out there. This drought needs to end, please. I know we're in Seattle where it rains all the time. The drought needs to end, please. So to piggyback off of your point, I was seven months old when the Mariners last played in the playoffs. I just got my driver's license, like my 21 and older driver's license in the mail today. So uh, there's your real life. Oh my God, you are that baby basically just by <laughs> seven months. Exactly. You're the baby that I've been talking about for the last couple of years. Unreal, unreal. It's hilarious. That. Well, that's like, you know, we were talking about the Yankees earlier. That's like the, the my favorite, my favorite thing to tweet whenever it's like the Yankees are struggling and people are getting down on the Yankees or their fans are getting down on their team. The last time the Yankees had a losing season was 1992. That was the year my sister was born. So my parents only had three kids at the time when the Yankees last had a losing season. That, that's, that's one of my favorite factoids out there uh, because obviously there are five of us now. So, <laughs> I mean, that, that, that's crazy. I mean, to put it this way, I was 18 months old when the Mariners last played in the postseason. So just like Slash, I have zero recollection of the Mariners playing in the postseason ever. And I've been waiting on them to make it in basically my entire life. I was hoping for Ichiro to make it to the playoffs of the Mariners, but it is what it is. Anyway, I mean, we're going to move on. now as a coach, so. <laughs> well, there we go. Uh, actually, before we move on to the National League, so give us your full playoff bracket on the AL side, like, Who's making Oof. the playoffs? All right. So I have this. Um, I have, do you want me to go uh, like pick by pick or just like one through six? No, just one through six. Okay. Houston, one. Toronto, two. Detroit, three. Uh, because of the whole division winners are ranked higher. Tampa, four with a better record. Seattle, five with the same record as Detroit. Chicago, White Sox, six. So I've got Blue Jays one, uh, Mariners two, White Sox three, and then for the wild card winners, um, I'm gonna go. That means Astros four. Actually, no, I'm sorry, Yankees four, Astros five, and then uh, oh, should we not Yankees or Red Sox, and then Yankees after that. So my picks are Blue Jays one. Mariners two, White Sox three, Rays four, Astros five, 
Red Sox six. So we can get to those uh, full finish uh, predictions later on. Moving on to the National League, we're starting with the NL East. And unfortunately, we got some sore news today. Uh, uh, Two-time Cy Young Award winner and the best pitcher in baseball, Jacob deGrom, will be out for an extended period of time. He's dealing with a a shoulder problem. Turns out the MRI uh, returned that he has a much more serious problem which is a stress reaction in his scapula. So he will be reevaluated in four weeks and we don't know when he'll be back. Luckily, the Mets also still have Max Scherzer and Chris Bassett to lead a pretty good rotation. Uh, the Braves had another active offseason, the reigning world champions. I mean, the Braves seem like they're a contender almost every year. I think every year except for the 2014 to 2017 period, uh, in my lifetime, the Braves have always been a contender, it feels like. Uh, even in the years where they missed the playoffs, it feels like they're contending. Uh, so the Braves had a big offseason. Uh, the Marlins had a solid offseason, too. And the Phillies added some bats, although, you know, their defense is going to be questionable. And, of course, the Nationals the Nationals picked up Nelson Cruz, but other than that, didn't really do much. And they are still in that rebuild that they started last year. Slash, I, I'm going to go to you first again, uh, since I know you are the other NL East fan in here. What do you see happening? Uh, so first off, I would like to say that I have both the Braves and Mets hitting the over. They have the exact same over of 90.5. I have the Braves edging out the Mets for the division. And I want to throw this out there that I know Atlanta won the World Series last year. I get that. And most people think, oh, they're going to have a hangover. But they left so many wins on the table the first half of the season that they had to go on a one of the greatest tears in the history of the sport just to win 88 games, make the playoffs moving into this season. I don't think you're going to have a situation that the Braves are under 500 entering August. So if you slide that from under 500 to maybe a 55% winning percentage, 58% winning percentage, you're already on pace for 95 wins. And then you have like a solid, August, a solid September, which I think is a solid thing to predict when Ronald Acuna will be back and at full health, uh, particularly later in the season with full health playing right field every day. So I think people might say the Braves are capped out at, oh, they won the World Series. I think the Braves have a lot of room to improve just from a regular season win standpoint. And the Mets, even without DeGrom, a one-two of Max Scherzer and Chris Bassett for a month and a half, two months is still ridiculous. You throw in the pitchers of the rest of the staff and they added so many pieces across the diamond. Marikana is one of my favorite players in baseball. Eduardo Escobar, Francisco Lindor turned it around near the end of last season. Uh, Paul, their bear Pete is alive and cooking, you know, and this is a uh, also Charlie Marte, one other, one of my favorite players. So screw you Mets, but, and then Edwin Diaz at the back end of the road, at the back end of the bullpen. I think the, Last year with the Mets, it was, you know, everyone, everyone got hurt. Everyone fell off. Francisco Lindor was horrendous for four months. And then he picked it up and the rest of the team stunk, you know, down the stretch. So I think I have both the Braves and Mets making the playoffs. And uh, I have a certain playoff matchup involving them when we get to them later in the, later in the show. Yeah, I'm not too far off with what you've got going on here. My thing is, I think that the Braves are going to win the division. I think the Mets have some amazing talent to it. It's going to be a dogfight for that top position, but the Braves showing what they did last year. Yeah, I agree with you, Splash. I don't think they're going to have that kind of hangover 
from last year, I think they're going to just pick up right where they're at. Because also, I think one thing that's going to be really important to remember is that the team didn't have Acuna for that huge run in that second half. And that's going to be, I think, the key part to all this. Acuna is an X-Factor type player. He's a guy that is going to help, that will basically help any team. No matter what baseball team it is, your Acuna makes it better. You can have an all-star team, an all so an all-decade team. He's going to help that team. So you put him on that team and you already add on again. You got uh, Olsen as well to go cover first base now with the loss of uh, Freddie Freeman. Sorry again, Splash. But I think that this team is going to be fantastic. But then you look at the Mets as well. And they also really jam-packed, went hard in free agents. I mean, anytime you get Mad Max, Max Scherzer, that's always a bump. And you don't even know if he's going to be your ace. Well, now he is with you know, DeGrom out. But uh, it's that pitching staff is really, really good. It still needs a little bit of help right now that DeGrom is going to be out for a little bit. But you take a look at the power and the offense around that entire field, and it's really, it's, it's scary. That's really, really the best word I can come up with is that it is scary to see any pitcher going up against that offense, especially with the additions of a guy like Starling Marte. Definitely going to be good. It, any pitcher is going to be scared to face that team. The division is going to be a dogfight for that first position, but I do think that Atlanta takes it at the end. And I will say it, it definitely hurts seeing, you know, no Syndergaard and Marcus Stroman and Javier Baez leave. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to dispute that at all, but the offseason the Mets had, I think, you know, getting Eduardo Escobar to play third base, you know, move Jeff McNeil to second. Uh, Mark Canna, I really like Mark Canna in the outfield. I think he has a great swing and, you know, he's, he gets on base a lot. He's, he's a nice outfielder same with Starling Marte led the majors in stolen bases and he was dealing with an, a, a bit of an oblique issue uh last year but he or not last year this spring but he's back at full strength swinging and all that uh I, I I'm a big fan of the Marte edition and it seems like the outfield from left to right will be Canna Nimmo and Marte I'm really excited about that I I need Brandon Nimmo to stay healthy obviously but we'll see. And I understand Michael Conforto is still a free agent, but I mean, I, I don't know what to say about Michael Conforto anymore. He had, he had a disappointing year last year and, and he got injured uh, this off season. So I think these are viable replacements. I'm curious to see what they do with the DH because you could do, you could use JD Davis. You could use, I mean, Robinson Cano, Dom Smith, you see the depth on offense. And I think, you know, even picking up a guy like Tra- Travis Jankowski, who is a career, you know, he, he's a career fourth outfielder, basically. But, you know, he's fast and he gets on base. So I like that. There's no way Francisco Lindor can underperform the way he did last year. I mean, he's looked fantastic in the spring. I And so so is Escobar, actually. Uh, James McCann and Tomas Nito will be the catching tandem. I know McCann coming off a down year last year, but I think. I think, again, that's another guy like Lindor. I think there's no way he can perform as poorly as he did last year. Obviously, the rotations now concern a little bit, although I still think they have a solid rotation with uh, Max Scherzer, Chris Bassett, Carlos Carrasco, Taiwan Walker, and Tyler McGill now, I'm assuming, will be the fifth starter. Who, uh, If you guys are subscribed to Jolly Olive, he does a great video about Tyler McGill, how he is the makings of being a young ace. And then the, there's the Braves, though. The Braves, I mean, 
they they addressed everything they could. I mean, yeah, they lost Freddie Freeman. Instead, they got Matt Olson, and now you're going to get Acuna back probably in May or June. Depends. Either way, he's going to have a huge impact. They brought back Eddie Rosario. They got Kenley Jansen. You know, that's the thing. The Mets lost Aaron Loop, and it's going to be tough to replace how good Aaron Loop was last year. All things considered, you know, I think the Marlins are improving too. I think the Phillies took a step forward offensively. That defense, still, like I said, atrocious. Bullpen's not quite there. We don't know how long Zach Wheeler is going to be out. I think the most complete team right now, uh, when healthy, it could be the Mets. I'm going to go with the Braves, too. I think the Braves win the division, and it's going to be close, though. I think the Mets are a close second. So uh, full full standing predictions for this? Um, so I have the Braves first, Mets second, Phillies actually hitting the over on 85 and a half, uh, but third. Uh, Mets in the playoffs, Phillies just missing the playoffs. Miami round, around 500, hitting the over on 76 and a half and Washington in the doldrums all the way in fifth place. As much as I want to say that the Nationals are going to win 163 games because Nelson Cruz is on that team and putting Nelson Cruz in a National League team seems like a fever dream at this point, but no. Um, I have the Atlanta Braves finishing first, winning the division, followed up by the Mets, who will win a wild card this year. Phillies will not be winning a wild card, I don't think. Followed then by the Marlins and then the Washington Nationals that will win purely on the bats of Juan Soto and Nelson Cruz. That's the thing with the Nationals is that the Nationals are basically the Washington Juan Sotos. I mean, that. The pitching staff, they're going to start Patrick Corbin on opening day, whose ERA was around six last year. You know, Josiah Gray, I like Josiah Gray, especially because he's a local D2 guy up here. He went to LeMoyne College. Uh, I think Gray will show more signs of improvement. All that, the rest of that team, though, I mean, it's hard to get excited about it. You know, I know they brought back Sean Doolittle, and they have um, they have uh, Steve Ciszek now. That's who it is. And they have Tanner Rainey. Like, those are some interesting arms out of the bullpen. I think Lane Thomas will probably take some more strides for it as he gets everyday playing time, probably batting lead off. And same with Luis Garcia and Cabert Ruiz. But I mean, the Nationals are a last place team right now. Then that's a rebuilding team, sort of like the Orioles. Uh, my, if I'm going my division standings, I have the Braves winning the East. I have the Mets being a wild card team. And then I have the Phillies. I mean, Splash, I know you said you're taking the over. I'm, I hate to be that guy. I'm taking the under. Uh, he, uh, he just, I mean, the Phillies just like that. The offense is sort of good. The rest of that division is, I mean, the rest of that roster is, it's a mess, if I'm being honest. So the Phillies in third, I think they're around 500. Same with the Marlins in fourth. And the Nationals will round out the division. Uh, moving on, the NL Central, arguably the weakest division in baseball. I'd compare them to the uh, either the AFC North or the NFC East in football because just I there's no real favorite here. And if you look at the off seasons the teams had, I it is very very tough to pick a favorite. Uh, who you guys have winning this division? So it's really a 
case of, you know, those, uh, like the thing you'd play, um, like maybe as a kid, the, there's like a bunch of like pokey bits. And like, if you push one of the pokey bits, it goes through to the other pokey bit. So like the Brewers and Cardinals have like perfectly aligned pokey bits, if you will, because the Brewers have a starting lineup that might not, might not do well in AAA, but they have a three-headed monster of a rotation. The, one of the best closers in baseball in Devin Williams, Mr. Punching Walls. And then the Cardinals have nothing in the rotate. The Flaherty, I believe, is hurt. Then, like, no depth there. Their bullpen is hurt as well. But then you have, like, Arenado, Goldschmidt, future National League MVP award winner, Tyler O'Neill, Bader, DeYoung, Yachty, the machine, Albert Pujols, he's back. So I, I don't get it. Like, if you combine the two teams, you would have, like, a team that would compete with the Dodgers, with the Brewers staff and the Cardinals lineup. But, like, on their own, like, I think that their win totals are certainly going to be inflated because they're, like, the three stooges of the Cubs who are going to be awful, the Pirates who are going to be slightly more awful, and the Reds who I think they're up there with the A's as, like, the worst offseason. I think the Reds are going to be an absolute disaster. I have them winning, like, 64 games. But I, I'm i going to go Milwaukee. I think – you can rely on a rotation with that sort of you're just going to win two out of three games a lot of series just because you have the superior rotation you have guys at the four five the swingman role they're going to be gnarly hater devin williams they are going to turn in so many or the brewers are going to turn so many games into you know two winning affairs because you're not going to be able to hit off the starter and you're not going to be able to hit off the eighth or ninth inning guy. So your best bet is to hope that Freddie Peralta can't pitch into the seventh or Corbin Burns can't pitch into the seventh or Woodruff can't pitch into the seventh because you're not going to score on them. They're not going to score on Williams in the eighth, Hayter in the ninth. Like the Cardinals, you can score a lot of runs, but you can't to you can't lose games when you don't allow runs. I think the Brewers are going to have one of the best team ERAs in baseball. They're going to win a lot of games. I have them winning 92 games, just a couple more than the Cardinals. But I do have the Cardinals making the playoffs. As much as I want to um, <clears throat> say that the Pirates are going to win by having our Lord and Savior Daniel Vogelbach on their team, uh, this is a hard division because I legitimately don't think there's a good team in this division. I think the best team is the Brewers. Like, I don't think that's a question. I think that the, I'm on the same kind of wavelength as you there, Splash, thinking that, you know, if you combined the two teams of the Cardinals and the Brewers, you would have a very, you'd have a pretty darn good baseball team. But they're separate. You have the Brewers that have an excellent pitching staff. You have the uh, Cardinals that have a pretty, pretty good offense overall. But after that, they're incomplete. At that. And what's sad is that if we said that in basically any other division, you'd say, oh, you know, they're like, you know, third, either one of those teams would maybe be competing for third place. And yet here they're competing for the division lead. I'm going to make this very clear. It's probably no wildcard teams coming out of this division. <laughs> just, just, just a little heads up there. But no, I think that I'm on the same kind of wavelength where good pitching is going to beat good hitting. And so with that, I'm going to say that the Brewers are going to take the division. When you have a pitching staff that has Woodruff, that has Corbin Burns, that has Freddie Peralta, and then in the back half has Devin Williams and Josh Hader. I mean, 
come on, that's a that's a pretty darn good pitching staff. So I'm gonna take the I'm gonna take the Brewers in this division. No wild card team. Uh, Cardinals will be fin- will be trying to fight for second place, and then every other team just decides to go to the bar and watch the rest of the games. So I'm going to heavily disagree with something you said, Splash, saying that the Cubs are going to be awful. I actually think the Cubs had a good offseason. You know, getting Seiya Suzuki is big. Uh, I like their pickup of Andrew and Simmons, actually. Uh, and, you know, I think, you know, oh, and they got Wade Miley from the Reds. I forgot. The part, yeah, so I don't know where to begin on the Reds offseason because this is a team that I thought could have done damage in October last year. And they just kind of threw it all away. And I understand that Nick Castellanos was headed to free agency and wasn't going to come back. But you're going to tell me without Castellanos, it's worth blowing up your roster. I'm just confused by this. And I'm honestly shocked and disappointed. And also, need I mention, Wade Miley had a strong season for them last year. And they just let him go claimed by the Cubs. They got nothing in return. So if I'm going to give offseason grades, which I will for right now, the Cubs get, I'd say, I think they get close to an A from me, actually. Maybe in the, the BA range. And the Reds get an F. I mean, I don't know what else to say. Thing is, if you look at the rest of the division, look at who added and you look at who didn't. You know, the Brewers lost Avisel Garcia, which, you know, you're at first like, all right, whatever, you lost one of your outfielders. And yes, they got Hunter Renfro, but that offense bothers me. And while they have one of the best rotations in baseball, at least the best top three with Burns, Woodruff, and Peralta, you know, you can only also rely on your bullpen so much. And you look at how the Brewers have been playing, you know, with the heavy usage of Hayter and Williams and basically every other reliever that they have. I'm not sold on the Brewers. And then you look at the Cardinals, who had a very quiet offseason, other than getting Albert Pujols and Steven Matz. They, I mean, now they're going to be without Jack Flaherty for who knows how long. They're going to be without Alex Reyes also. I understand Giovanni Gallegos will probably be the closer. But again, I, I mean, anyways, Tyler O'Neill was great last year. But Tyler O'Neill also struck out a lot. And I don't know if he can repeat what he did last year. And obviously, you still have Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt. I just, I'm not sold on the Cardinals yet either. I know this is going to sound absolutely crazy to you guys, but hear me out. And I know Splash is already shaking his head at me, but if you you look at that Cubs lineup, you get a full season out of Frank Schwindel, you get a full season out of Patrick Wisdom, you add Say Suzuki in there with Ian Happ. Wilson Contreras is still on the team. Nico Horner is going to be playing second base every day. And I understand Kyle Hendricks is leading a rotation. I'm really high on Adford Alzalea, actually. Call me crazy. Absolutely crazy. And maybe this is my pick to Joe's pick of the Angels winning the World Series last year. I have the Cubs winning the NL Central. I mean, this is probably the boldest prediction I have. The Cubs are going to win the NL Central. Uh, hey, uh, uh, thank you for fulfilling our requirement for April Fool's jokes. Uh, can we have a serious pick, please? 
that is my pick. I, I don't know what else to say to you. <laughs> right, you, you, get, you get, it's okay. We get, you get the joke. It's all right. But, uh, yeah, look, I understand. I, we're, I, love, I, I love Super Saiyan as much as the next guy. But look, I, I want the Cubs to do it because I've always kind of like, you know, kind of enjoyed the team a little bit. Like, I don't have a problem with them. I actually got to go see them in person last year where they got absolutely schmooshed by the Florida Mar- by the Miami Marlins. But look, I, I have a, I'm not going to say that it is like the boldest pick out there. I think the boldest pick would have said that the Pittsburgh Pirates are winning the World Series. But uh, based off of uh, Daniel Vogelbach alone, which is a pick that I probably would have made as an April Fool's joke. But I think that there's just so much else on that division that I'm not going to call it the worst because it is such a weak division and because there are no real true favorites but I don't see them being able to compete with the Brewers who have that dominant pitching staff and with the Cardinals who have their offense. Sorry, Smosh. i sorry, Mac. Sorry. I, I'm going to throw it out there. I would be more surprised if the Cubs finished first if, than if they finished fourth behind Pittsburgh. I, I, I like Suzuki. I like Stroman. You know, Hendricks, I think, is going to be better than he was last year. But down that rotation, like, Alzale is on the 60-day IL right now. And then that – I don't think you can just confidently say both Twindell and Wisdom are going to be these great players. Again, Wisdom strikes out a ton. Both of them were, like, super, super late bloomers. So, like, I think that's pretty bold to, you know, stand on the back of them and say, you know, they're going to – make progress like it's one thing i don't know i i guess i i see where you're coming from it's the division is up for grabs and if the cubs like have a stretch that they go i don't know 10 and 2 or they just totally massacre the pirates and reds which could happen and maybe the the brewers like trip up a couple games or maybe it's a scheduling thing that i i don't know the schedules for these teams but maybe the maybe the cubs play the Mets, but Scherzer is out and DeGrom is out. While when the Brewers play the Mets, it's Scherzer and DeGrom and Bassett, you know, something screwy with the schedule that could throw that into flux, but I'm not really seeing it with Chicago this year. So I have them, I guess I'll go through my order. Uh, Milwaukee one playoffs, St. Louis two playoffs, Chicago three below 500, Pittsburgh four, Cincinnati vomit. I mean, I guess I might as well do my predictions as well for this. Um, Yeah, I have the Brewers finishing in first, followed by the Cardinals, Cubs finishing third, and then the Reds and the Pirates finishing, uh, no, dogfighting for first in double A. So, yeah. All right, that's a little disrespectful to, uh, uh, I I would say, I, I don't know who that's disrespectful to, actually. Um, you can't even make the insult if you don't even know who it's disrespectful to. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I think honestly, the only team that it's disrespectful to is to the Pirates, who are clearly superior because they have Daniel Vogelbach and Reynolds. So I will, I will say, I'm not thrilled that the Pirates sent O'Neill Cruz to the minors. Uh, I, I think if they, if I'm assuming he will be back in the majors this year because I think he's going to be an absolute monster in the majors, but 
I, I, and look, Splash, I understand what you're saying. You know, Al Zalay is going to be out, you know, so forget that I ever mentioned him in the rotation, but I, I do think they will be able to piece something together. And, you know, the thing is that the, I understand the Cubs had a rough season last year, but I want to point out that they were nine games over 500 at the end of June last year. On June 24th, they were 42 and 33. But they had two really bad losing streaks. That was the thing. You know, you talk about if they get hot, possibly. Well, they lost 11 in a row. When So after they were 42 and 33, they lost 11 in a row. Then in August, from August 5th to the 16th, they lost, wow, or they lost another, I'm, I'm bad at counting. Um, that is, they lost another 12 in a row. So the, that right there, that's an 0-23 combined. I feel like the Cubs weren't as bad as, like, their record really showed. They just got into two really bad stretches. So, and I hate to cherry pick, but if you get rid of those two, they're over 500 for me. Uh, but, you know, I, I, I'm just, I think this is a weak division and the Cubs could just break through. I understand this might have no logic whatsoever whatsoever to you guys, but I have, I have the Cubs winning the division, the Brewers coming in second, Cardinals third, Pirates fourth, the Reds a distance a distant fifth place. So we're gonna move on to the final division, the NL West. I mean, the Giants broke up the Dodgers stretch of eight consecutive division titles last year by one game. Obviously, I do not know if the Giants can repeat winning 107 games this year, but the Dodgers, the Dodgers are definitely ready to roll, bringing back Clayton Kershaw, bringing in Freddie Freeman. And they made an interesting trade today, sending A.J. Pollock to the White Sox for Craig Kimbrell. I personally am a big fan of that move for both Kimbrell and for the Dodgers. So what are your guys' take on the NL West? Um, I have a hot take. This is my uh, April Fool's Day joke. Um, I think the Dodgers' number of wins this season will, in fact, begin with a one. Wow. I, I know that's bold. I know that's bold. I don't know if I can take you seriously anymore, Splash. Wow. I, I don't know, man. I don't know what's going on that, here anymore. That might be bolder than my pick of the Cubs. Yeah. I actually, I was going to ask Alex, which pick do you think is more bold? Me taking the Tigers or Mac taking the Cubs? Look, I don't think I can make a pick at that point. I think both are just so unbelievably outlandish and so unbelievably weird that. Okay. Can I stop the charade now? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, look, I, I, I don't see the, I don't see any, I don't see any way how the Dodgers don't win that many games this year. Like to be fully real. I mean, come on, it's the Dodgers. And they, again, we've made this joke umpteen billion times. So I'm about making it umpteen billion and one. They are, they're playing MLB the show where they take, turn off the cap and turn on force trade. That's basically what this team is. So go ahead and keep going with your, your thing, Splash. So I was doing uh, like a ranking with my coworker and we were ranking like who's the best player in each division at each position, right? So first base, second base, whatever. 
And there is a serious argument. The Dodgers have the best play in the division at catcher, first base, second base, third base, shortstop, left field. Well, Pollock's gone, so that throws a wrench in things. Center field, right field. And like losing AJ Pollock for any other organization would be a travesty because chances are you don't have like some random guy that can fill in. Oh, guess what? Chris Taylor is sitting there in the in dodger blue he can just play left field and guess what he's an all-star bellinger's a former mvp Betts is a former mvp trey turner is a playoff hero trey turner is unbelievable uh max muncie was an mvp candidate for most of last season freddie freeman's an mvp will smith not that will smith or the braves closer will smith is going to be an all-star this year oh yeah and then they have this glorious rotation with bueller and urias and kershaw is back and he's very good then they go out and get a uh uh, andrew heaney who's gonna somehow be even better and it's just they added so many pieces apparently they added danny duffy too i that totally flew under the radar but they have like eight starters that are really good. They have like 17 relievers that are great and would be closers on half the lead or closers on like 25 teams. Is the, do the Dodgers have a flaw? That is my question. Do the Dodgers have a flaw? Why? What's stopping them from winning 110 games plus? Roberts? I mean- like maybe i mean like, i don't honestly like don't to be fully like real i mean though. we look we looked at this team and we've been saying the same thing about them for years now where they've just continuously get better 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 yet they have one ring and that was during the 2020 shortened season like i i, I know that he's one he's now won a ring good on him he's now had an amazing regular season stretch at what point do you start to say okay what's the problem because honestly, Splash, like I know that's this was kind of a joke, but what is the problem with this team? If this team was really as good as we've continuously made it out to be, then this wouldn't even be a competition half the time. The Dodgers are just out and it's like fair and away, and I don't think anyone can disagree with me on this. Talent-wise, the best team in baseball. And it's not close. There are some teams that are very, very good, mind you. But no one seems to be on the Dodgers level, and yet they've only won one season, and that was in a 60-game shortened season, which, I mean, we also recognize as valid. I'm not taking that away from them. I'm glad that they got that World Series win because I wanted Clayton Kershaw to get a ring. But at the same time, like, what, are we, what do we say with this? What, what's going on with this team? Why haven't they won more? Is it just I, that baseball has all this par- has parody to it? I mean, just, I like, don't know of any other that, answer. But... I mean, here, here, yeah. So, like, the 2019 Nationals are unequivocally worse than the Dodgers. The 2021 Braves are unequivocally worse than the Dodgers, particularly without Acuna. But that Nationals team was red hot for – six months like they were they just tore up baseball and they demolished everybody the braves last year after the all-star or after the uh trade deadline one were on like a 108 win pace which was even higher than the dodgers had even higher than the giants had so i think that's that's just part of how baseball works sometimes that if you run into like there was a chance they lost the Cardinals in the wild card game and they won 106 games and all it, it comes down to one game. And that's what happened last year that 
maybe there's a different universe that Albert Pujols doesn't strike out against Tomasic or Steven Souza doesn't strike out against Tomasic or Mookie Betts doesn't strike out. There's an, I have seen Mookie Betts murder the Braves in that situation plenty of times. There is a situation he hits a three-run homer, the, the Dodgers win game six, and oh, whoop-de-doo, they have a game seven. They have the world's best pitcher coming to the mound and the Braves are out of arms. And they win that game and they win the World Series because all it sometimes all it takes is one game. And the Braves had two walk-offs in that series. And then Tyler Matzik went like full Sam Cassell, drop your balls on the other organization in game six. Without that stretch, the Braves don't win that series. And that sometimes it, you run into that. Sometimes you run into Howie Kendrick hitting the one of the biggest playoff home runs ever. Sometimes like there's an alternate universe that Trent Grisham isn't a longtime nationals fan and fields a ball cleanly. Then the Brewers win that game. And then the, the Dodgers Molly Wap the Brewers, the next round. So it's all about runs in baseball. Quite literally. That's the, that's the thing though, is that, you know, Alex, you mentioned Dave Roberts. The thing is that, Dave Roberts just got an extension from the Dodgers. You know, it's, it's not, it's not as simple as his managing. I don't think, I think, you know, Dave Roberts might get hate for the same reason. Mike Tomlin gets hate in the NFL. Mike Tomlin has not had a single losing season. And there are people out there who wanted him fired. Uh, anytime he had <laughs> uh, any, anytime that, uh, the Steelers didn't make the Super Bowl, which is, you know, basically the past decade. Anytime they like look like they're faltering, everyone wants to blame Mike Tomlin when Mike Tomlin might be the best head coach in the NFL. He's one of the best. OK, uh, the <laughs> splash gave me a funny look again. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, you know, and the other thing is you look at the division, the Giants got a number of career years from guys in their mid thirties last year. I do not know if they can repeat that. Yes. They picked up Carlos Rodon, but they lost Buster Posey. You know, Buster Posey is who, who knows when Buster or who, who, when Joey Bart will turn into the next Buster Posey, you know, there's Posey. Posey was an all-star last year. He won comeback player of the year. So Bart has big shoes to fill. Then there's the Padres, who will be without Fernando Tatis Jr. for the first two to three months of the season. So, you know, and, and Chris Paddock is dealing with an injury, too, now. And, you know, I understand Mackenzie Gore will probably come up, and he's looked good this spring. Uh, the D-backs and the Rockies are going to be complete non-factors. It's going to be a top-heavy heavy division, but I do not see how anyone can stop the Dodgers. And, you know, the thing, like I said, I spoke highly of the Kimbrell trade. You know, A.J. Pollock was good last year. He had 892 OPS, but he's only played over 150 games once in his career. You know, it's it's kind of hard to defend keeping him on the roster when he, you know, he, he hasn't really played a full season since 2015, basically. So, and also Craig Kimbrell wanted to be a closer. And he will get his chance to be a closer. I know it's kind of weird seeing Kenley Jansen will be the closer for the Braves while Craig Kimbrell will be the closer for the Dodgers. So all in all, the Dodgers are running away with this division. I know we said this last year. They are running away with this division. They are winning this game by over 10 games. 
It might be 15 games for all I care. This is going to be a wild race, and I'm, I, I'm very, very curious to see how this turns out. So, uh, I know. So basically, we've all picked the Dodgers. How do we have the uh, the rest of the division finishing? So I have the Dodgers at one, one hundred three wins at bare minimum. Uh, Giants in two in a playoff spot. San Diego in three, hitting the under on eighty eight and a half. Uh, Colorado in fourth. And then Arizona in fifth. Although when you were making your point about the Cubs with that 0-23 streak, I couldn't help but think about the Diamondbacks and how like they weren't, they were like actually halfway decent for like the first month or so. And then they like could not win on the road for like eight in eternity. They lost, it felt like 60 games in a row on the road. So I, maybe you could make that argument with the Diamondbacks and have them finishing fourth with the Rockies regressing. But I want to touch on the Giants piece and Yes, they had some career years. They had a lot of career years. and It felt like every single player on that team was great. But Gabe Kapler put them in a position to be great. It's kind of like the, like how platooning works in baseball, that if you get the platoon advantage, you're giving your, your players a, a decent chunk of a leg up. And if you get, like, you throw Jock Peterson out there and, you know, he's going to mash against one, one side, uh, one side, one hand of pitchers the other side he's worthless but if you play him in the right spot and Kapler was so good at like picking and choosing these right spots and he had tons of lineup variety and tons of bullpen variety and I think that's that's can really go under the radar when we just look at oh well he had a he had a career year Darren Ruff's not going to replicate that or you know Lamont Wade is not going to replicate that well maybe not to the extent they did in 2021. But I think that it's reasonable to say if you only hit play or if you only have players play in ideal circumstances, their stats are going to look better. You know, they're going to have a, a better than average OPS plus because you're taking out all of the negative at bats. It'd be like, like Ozzy Albies is a better hitter than Mike Trout against uh, right-handed pitching for some reason. But, you know, if he's, um, or left-handed pitching, yeah, left-handed pitching. So all these against, you know, lefties is unreal. But when Aussie is against righties, then it's an absolute disaster, right? Or it's not as good. But if the Braves put him in more situations that he's facing left-handed pitching or soft-tossing righties like Cranky and the uh, Ryan, Ryan Harper for the Nationals, if you put him in those situations, he's going to look a lot better. So I think that's that's one thing the Giants and the Rays, that's, that's what they do incredibly well. And that's why everyone is lower on the race than they actually ended. They went up winning 95 games a year and everyone, eh, they're going to finish third or Alex said they're going to finish fourth or whatnot, but they like sneak out these wins and they'll win two out of three in a series. You think they might get swept or they win three out of four in a series. You only think they're going to split. And I think the giants did that very well last year. And are they going to replicate 107 wins? I don't think so, but I think, and highly in the Cy Young Award this year. My thing right now, when we take a look at who's going to win, everyone is overlooking the fact that, you know, Chris Bryant did sign with Colorado. So, you know, they may be something. No, um, I think that, you know, that signing maybe helps them not be last place. But look, I'm looking at this 
division. And obviously, no matter what. Regards, I team. So I'm going Dodgers number one. I'm going to go a little bit off. I'm going to say the Padres are going to finish second, but it's going to be really close between the Dodgers, uh, between the Padres and the Giants. But I'm going to say the Giants finish third. I think that the Rockies finish fifth. I really don't see We've talked about it over and over again. You combined the Brewers and the Cardinals, you would have a team that could almost compete with the could 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 compete for a division title. They would not get that or even really compete for that in the NL West because the Dodgers just have that. The Dodgers don't really have much else to go on. It's like, what more do you build on, really? Like, it's insane to see what's going on with this team. The fact that, again, at nearly every position, you have one of the best in baseball. At nearly every position. Some players, some teams will be like, oh, hey, you know, we've got the best, you know, second baseman in baseball. We're ready to go. They have that at first, second, third, short. All They have it at all these different areas. So what do you do if you're another team? You just do your best. That's really it. And wait for the playoffs because it's apparently where they falter. But go and just, I'm going to say Dodgers win it. And then after that, it is Padres, Giants, Rockies, and then, yeah, Diamondbacks. So, sorry yeah, to, I, my, to my good, sorry to one of my good friends who's a diehard Diamondbacks fan. Oh, wow. I don't think I've met a single one of those, if I'm being honest. Uh, so, also, to Splash's point, uh, I understand that the the <laughs> this was an incredible run. The D-backs had a two and thirty run in the middle of the season. So get this: they lost thirteen games in a row. Then they won two out of three games. Like holy crap, they're catching fire! And then they lose another seventeen in a row. I kid, I kid you not. When the so the D-backs went from the end of April until I believe July without winning a road game. Their last road win was at Truist Park, actually. The uh, combined, or sorry, the seven-inning no-hitter by Madison Bumgarner, which put them at 14-12 and 12 on the year, no less. They, so that was with a few weeks left in my undergraduate uh, program. They took, I think, until, if not after I started my graduate school, program or just before i moved to syracuse that's how long they went without winning a road game so props to them honestly (laughs) uh but look looking at this division i mean so another thing i want to make another point i want to make about the dodgers is if you look at their starting nine the only players in their starting nine that have not made an all-star game are will smith and gavin lux Will Smith is an all-star caliber catcher and Gavin Lux looks like he's going to break out soon. You know, that's add that into that rotation uh, with that rotation. 
And with that bullpen, I think Kimbrell's going to be an absolute monster with training setting up for him. There's a reason why Dave Roberts wasn't committing to a closer yet. Uh, the Dodgers are running away with this division. I don't know what number of wins they are. It will be upwards of 100, could be upwards of 105. Dodgers win the division. I'm going the Giants, oh, grabbing a wild card in second. I'm going to go the Padres, also sneaking into a wild card spot in the third spot. The Rockies taking a little bit of a step forward, but still not enough in fourth. And the Diamondbacks completely buried, although I did like their pick of, of Mark Melanson. I fully expect Melanson to get traded midseason when they're out of it. So that does it for all of the divisions. Gentlemen, I have one last prediction for, from you guys. It is the World Series. Uh, since we don't have time to go through every single playoff series, give me your World Series matchup and your World Series winner. Already like it's 1992, I have the Toronto Blue Jays beating the Atlanta Braves in six games with Bo Bichette winning World Series MVP. I will have something very, we have a little similar on that uh, splash. I have, um, I have the Blue Jays beat uh, going up against the Dodgers and the Dodgers becoming the 2022 World Series champions. Although I will say, I do think that the Mariners make it to the ALCS. So last year, Alex and I both picked the Blue Jays and the Dodgers, and we both had the Dodgers winning. This year, man, it's so hard to pick against the Dodgers. That's the thing. I definitely think the Blue Jays are the best team in the AL, and I think the Dodgers are the best team in the NL. I will also go with the Blue Jays and Dodgers, but just to spice things up, I have the Blue Jays winning in seven games. My World Series MVP will be... I think it's going to be Teoscar Hernandez, actually. So there you have actually, it. Do I, can I change my pick? Because I have an idea I really want to do now with this. All, all right, I go want, ahead, man. I, I wanted to also – I'm still going to keep it as Blue Jays-Dodgers, but Blue Jays are going to win it in the – they're going to have the home field advantage somehow for game seven. They're going to, they're going to be at home. Yeah, no, listen, just let me, let me finish this, all right? And they're going to be down by two in the bottom half of the ninth inning and Vladimir Guerrero Jr., Bo Bichette, and Kevon Biggio will all hit home runs back to back to back to then turn it to be the next generation takes down the Dodgers. There we go. That, that's I my WWE storyline pick right there. <laughs> yeah, I actually love that prediction. Uh, I also would say this is a seven-game series, so uh, – I guess we're all picking the Blue Jays then? Uh, wow. Okay. Well, look, at least none of us are picking Padres versus Angels again. <laughs> uh, I will say, so Sad yeah. That's my boy, Joe. <laughs> look, I'm, I'm sorry, Joe. But uh, I also, I forgot to mention my uh, seeding. The Dodgers are obviously going to be the top seed. Uh, Braves second. Cubs third. Um, Mets fourth. Giants fifth. Padres six and then yeah so uh that just about does it uh any final thoughts on anything we've talked about today um yeah I'll go through my NL order Dodgers one Braves two Brewers three Mets four Giants five Cardinals six actually as a spicy one I have a pair of uh divisional matchups in the league championship series I have Toronto beating Tampa and the Braves beating the Mets in a game seven so sorry about that Matt I'm, I'm just kind of surprised you don't have the Dodgers in there. 
Oh, I I have the uh, the like overwhelming like Degrom, Scherzer, or like two of the greatest postseason pitchers ever. Just like give me give me them three times in a playoff series. I I don't care if it was Babe Ruth, Ted Williams. Give me Jacob Degrom and Max Scherzer three times in a playoff series. But then Christy Matthewson incarnate Ian Anderson will have two wins in the NLCS. So I almost didn't hear it. I just thought you were going to have Christy Matthews that comes back to play baseball somehow. And it just made, I'm like, okay, we really are going with wrestling storylines here, I guess. No. Um, for mine, I mean, obviously number one is going to be the Arizona Diamondbacks. No. Uh, number one is Dodgers. Two seed is going to be the Braves. Third seed being the Brewers. Um, after that, it's going to be uh, Padres. And then actually it's going to be Braves then, oh no, sorry, Mets, then Padres. Then it's either going to be the Giants or the Cardinals and which I'm going to go with the Giants. All right. Well, there you have it. Those are our standing predictions. Uh, thank you to everyone who tuned into this episode. Uh, as always, make sure to follow us on Twitter. You can follow myself at Matthias underscore A underscore K. You can follow Splash at Mr. Splashman 19. And you can follow Alex at the Sports Guy 242. Make sure to follow the baseball department Twitter account at baseball underscore OTH. They will tweet out basically every episode. And also the Cheap Seats Chatter Twitter account at OTH underscore Cheap Seats. Guys, we did our standings predictions today. Our next episode will be our awards predictions. So make sure you tune into that because I'm sure we will have a number of different takes on that, especially, you know, with some injuries that have taken place. So be sure to be on the lookout, but for everyone at overtime heroics, thank you to splash. Thank you to Alex for coming on. My name is Matthias Alman Kurosaki. I've been today's host. And I hope to see you all real soon.